0: Whether you're a parent, child, or former kid, it's likely you've heard that lullaby before. Or maybe you know this one.
1: Hush, little baby, don't say a word. Mama's gonna buy you a mockingbird.
0: Even magical, fictional nannies rely on lullabies. Just ask Mary Poppins, heard here, using a little bit of reverse psychology.
1: Stay awake, don't rest your head. Don't lie down upon your bed.
0: Lullabies transcend language. They've even made it all the way to Carnegie Hall in New York City. That's where the Lullaby Project takes the stage. Started in 2011, the project brings together parents and caregivers with professional artists to write and perform personal lullabies for their babies. This year's concert celebrating the project takes place on Saturday, June 3rd, and also live streams on YouTube. Here was a lullaby from last year.
1: I love and cherish everything about
2: you.
3: We work with amazing, amazing musicians um, who are really sensitive people um, and who who really know how to connect with parents and families, um, but who also are really flexible musicians and can let parents guide them uh, through the process.
0: Tiffany Ortiz is the Director of Early Childhood Programs at Carnegie Hall. She says the project began with a focus not just on children, but on their parents.
3: We had a partnership with a local hospital here in New York City, Jacoby Medical Center. The staff approached us and wondered what role could music and songwriting play in supporting their their patients, primarily their young parents, supporting their well-being, supporting that attachment between uh, parent and child, particularly for parents who are experiencing high stress um, or those who are negatively impacted by social inequalities and injustices.
0: Ortiz says about 200 to 300 parents participate annually in New York, with 800 to 900 parents involved globally each year. The experience, she says, is deeply personal for the parent.
3: Often it begins with a letter to your baby uh, where a parent can express their hopes, their dreams, their wishes for their child. That gets transformed into the lyrics of the song. And then music is, is incorporated. And parents, just to say, are really involved in the entire process. They're leading this process. They're thinking about not just the messages that they want to share, but the language, the culture, the musics that they hope to share with their child. And so all of that gets really Wrapped up in this beautiful gift of a song that they create personally for, for their child.
1: I trust you, you know
3: what to do. My favorite thing is just how much love there is in the room. Um, It's a very vulnerable and tender process. There's this real sense of shared community, shared love for the the young ones in our lives. Um, And the the ability to do so in a creative, fun way through music making has been um, just an incredible experience.
0: Consider this. We think of lullabies as a sweet way of easing children into sleep, but the powers of a lullaby can go further to comfort, to heal, and to bring parents closer to their children, even under the most difficult circumstances. From NPR, I'm Eric Deggins. It's Friday, June 2nd. It's Consider This from NPR. Carnegie Hall's Lullaby Project isn't the only one of its kind hoping to reach mothers in need. NPR's Alyssa Nadwerney discovered a similar program in South Carolina. Inside a women's prison.
2: When someone is pregnant and they're incarcerated, separation after they give birth is almost immediate. Many new mothers contend with emotional surges and anxieties during this time. But for those serving time, there's the additional formidable physical barrier. At a women's prison outside Columbia, South Carolina, a project is underway to help reconnect a few mothers with their children
4: through the creation of lullabies. This is only a moment. Please don't forget me. Feel my arms around you. You are the best in me, mama's world. That's
2: Ashley. We're only using her first name here. She's incarcerated at the Graham-Camille Griffin Correctional Institution. And she's taking part in the prison's pilot songwriting program, working with graduate students from the University of South Carolina School of Music.
4: I was overjoyed. I was happy about being able to do this, but... I have no, like, music training or anything, so it was a whole learning experience for me. But all I did was, you know, thought about my kids and then just started writing what I would say, what I would want to say to them.
2: The women enrolled in the Lullaby Project are expecting mothers, along with some, like Ashley, who've recently delivered. The creative process in music doesn't always follow the timing of a gestational clock. So the song-making teams of graduate students, their professor, and the women incarcerated in the South Carolina prison continue their work even after a woman has her baby.
4: We wrote down the words and everything, and we told them, hey... We want it like this, like I I wanted mine kind of a Disney theme. I just went off the songs that I, how I wanted it to sound. I was like, I wanted a little bit of Little Mermaid, Part of Your World, and then the song off of Beauty and the Beast when they dance together at like the end. Together, the grad students and the mothers chart
2: out lyrics, workshop the melodies, and collaborate on the layers of musicality needed to get the lullabies just right for a vocalist with the university.
4: All
1: right, so Ashley has a,
2: a chorus going here. Claire Bryan is a professor at the uh, University of South Carolina School of Music. Working- oh, Mama's World. Mm-hmm. This is so As people out in the the world, we maybe don't think about incarcerated mothers. We do not ask them about why they're there. That's not our business. That's not why we're there. We try to make them feel like just human beings making music. Bryant participated as a student when the Lullaby Project initiative began over a decade ago through the Weill Music Institute at Carnegie Hall in New York City. And in 2022, worked to pilot the program at the Graham-Camille Griffin Correctional Institution. You know, incarcerated people will be coming back to our communities. They will be part of our society. They are part of our society. They are human beings. And who do we want coming back? And how do we want them to spend their incarceration? Ashley has five children, including her most recent she says the hardest part of this is being away from them as she counts down the days till her parole or release. And she says the good graces of the students is not lost on those serving out their sentences.
4: It's, it, yeah, they could be volunteering anywhere else, like like an elementary or something, but they took their time to come to a prison. And even though we are here for crimes and We are sitting here being punished and everything. We're still human and we still have families that care about us and everybody makes mistakes and we're here paying for our mistakes. So any mother out there that has kids and they're your world, let them know it. Gabe and Izzy, y'all mean so much. Not enough words can describe how much. Y'all are mama and daddy's world. We will always be here for you through the ups and downs. You will never have to question how much you are loved. Please slow down. Don't grow up so fast. Y'all are our hearts, mama and daddy's world. This is only a more.
2: That was the musical lullaby co-produced by Claire Bryant and her students at the University of South Carolina School of Music. And co-written by Ashley, a mother of five, serving out her sentence at the Graham Camille Griffin Correctional Institution in Columbia, South Carolina.
0: The most common use of a lullaby we know is to help a child gently fall asleep. There's love in a lullaby spell, but is there something else going on, too? NPR's Selena Simmons Duffin wanted to find out.
1: Pretty much every night, I turn on the sound machine and climb up into my eight-year-old's top bunk to lie down with her. Sometimes she wants to talk or just snuggle, but a lot of the time...
4: Yeah, sleep sleep deep okay. sleep, sleep.
1: This is a favorite lullaby from the music together class she took when she was younger. Just about 90 seconds later seconds and she is out. Honestly, when it works like this, it makes me feel like I have a superpower or I'm casting a spell. You will fall asleep. Listen to my voice. It does fill me with wonder, but it also makes me curious to understand what's happening and why. So I called Professor Tiffany Field of the medical school at the University of Miami.
3: When you look at lullabies, they are all slow and rhythmical.
1: That can help calm children's thoughts, she says, so they can lull themselves to sleep. She did a study of toddlers and preschoolers taking naps in the university nursery. The teachers played classical music at the beginning of nap time.
3: With the toddlers, there was a 35% faster sleep onset. With the preschoolers, there was a 19% faster sleep onset. So, of course, the teachers loved that.
1: Many of the studies on this are done with preterm infants in the NICU, including one which compared infants who heard Mozart to infants who heard their mother's lullabies, plus a control group that didn't hear any music.
3: And what they found was that the mother's lullabies were more soothing to the infants. They slept better, but they also um, showed a lot of effects of decreased heart rate and respiration better feeding, which probably explained why they had fewer days in the neonatal intensive care unit. And their mother's anxiety was reduced.
1: Now, I love to sing, but that is not a requirement, says Field. You can sing badly, or if you really don't want to sing, a back rub can have similar effects. But there is just something about lullabies, says Sam Mayer of the University of Auckland, who directs the music lab. His team did a study where they played songs for infants in an unfamiliar language. Some of the songs were lullabies and some weren't.
3: When they're listening to these lullabies, even though they're totally unfamiliar and, you know, not in the language the baby understands, they relax more. So there's something in like the the kind of DNA of lullaby that that helps to calm infants.
1: He says in a lot of their research, they turn to lullabies because they're just everywhere, all over the world. Hirut Kasa is from Ethiopia and a mom of two, including a one-year-old son. This is what she sings to him.
4: That's the way they sleep.
1: She says it works like magic for her, too.
0: Selena Simmons Duffin reporting on the magic and science of lullabies. It's Consider This from NPR. I'm Eric Deggins.